Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My guest today is Corey Falter. Corey is the principal of Lore Agency and has been since 2012. He helps hospitality B2B companies identify, convert, and retain revenue with proven science and sole marketing methodology. So after three decades as a passionate marketer, he understands that without the bottom line, it's all just blah, blah, blah. So today, Corey talks about social proof what it is, why it's so important for B2B, and some advanced strategies on doing it better than your competitors. Let's jump right in. Okay, Kari Falter, I am so happy to have you on as my guest today because we've been talking back and forth several times with other meetings and it's always such a, we always have so much to talk about. It's like, why don't we just bring this <laughs> to the podcast? So welcome. I wanted to, to have you start with a little bit about how you got into the hospitality industry. How did that come about? Yeah, I, I, unlike a lot of people that, uh, that, that are currently working in, uh, in hospitality, I actually have never worked at a hotel. So I, I kind of got into the business right out of college. I, I was a graphic design uh, major, started, I had the fortune of having a couple of clients in college. So I rolled that right into my own design studio. Uh, I did a cold call uh, to one of my beloved resorts down here in San Diego, Paradise Point. And I did start doing some rock brochures and a variety of other things. 25 years later, through doing design work and whatnot, I rolled out of desperation in 0809 into di- digital marketing and more specifically into social media. So opened uh, Lure Agency's doors, pretty much just doing social media engagements for hotels. And it was just, it was a mesmerizing experience. As you can imagine, it's almost like it was scripted specifically for the industry because there was so much photos and and content to share. And it was the perfect platform through that. And throughout the years, understanding, uh, and rightly so, the value that the hotels in the industry placed on TripAdvisor in particular, and Yelp to a little bit lesser extent, um, and how much strategy and, and time that goes into into that. So working through that, and then you know, kind of looking at this as is uh, is social proof becoming so much more important for all our businesses. In fact, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but it's it, it transcends if you're selling a service or product. Period. Uh, especially now, as we're headed into a lot of skepticism in media and news in particular, uh, I can't I can't express the importance of this. So I'm excited to share that a little bit with you. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know if you think about you know you're going to a new place and you want to stay at a hotel, you know the first thing most people do, I I would think, is to get on social media. What are people saying about it? What I mean. Probably the first thing is you get on the website, but of course they're they're not going to put anything negative. Yelp has a lot. There's a lot of debate, as you know, about how legit 
are those reviews. Yep. And recently, because we just moved to Arizona, so a lot of what I'm doing out here is finding a new hairstylist, finding a new dentist. And so I'm going through all this social media and I'm finding it's a lot of it. I get to the place and it's, it's not what I thought it was. Right. So can you address this? So what do you think? So you've been in the business for about 10 years, something like that, or longer than that? Oh, I've been in this business for, you know, it's going on 25 years, 2012, specifically in the social area of, of social media and now influence and authenticity, that whole concept of that humanizing the business, yeah. a brand, it's going to be increasingly more important. People are gravitating to rawness, authenticity, uh, and that is going to show through in, in social proof. It's, you know, I'm defining that as what others are saying about you or your company when there's no one else in the room. Right. The only difference, the thing that popped into my head when you said that is like, uh, you go on a site like Reddit where people are talking about, I'm sure there's a ton of subreddits. Are you on Reddit? Like, have you ever poked around? Yeah, yeah. I'm de definitely familiar with it, but no, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a, a regular user. Well, I go on there. I do research on there for my clients and I uh -huh. find that that's where you get the real raw. People are not trying to impress anybody. And, and you're anonymous too. You don't have to, you know, no one's uses the real right. name. And so yep. you go on to hospitality subreddit and you can find all kinds of stuff. What do you think has changed since you started? Like social proof, like I mentioned, you know, do, do people not take it seriously or do they not believe it as much now? On the business side or the consumer side? Well, I guess both. So on the business okay. side first. Some existing business owners that have been in the been in the game for quite some time, I think they've they've had that mindset of before the internet where they don't necessarily have to listen to authenticity and truth because there's always somebody else there next in line that they could sell to. And I think especially if you get on Yelp and, and you if you've ne neglected that approach for it's really difficult to play catch up. And I think from a business owner standpoint, it's very difficult to put yourself out there, good, bad, or ugly, respond to reviews, listen to your customers. You know, it's really painful sometimes to listen to some of the stories and some of the situations where you have dropped the ball. You know, you got to admit when things haven't gone wrong. And I think that mindset is, it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable, mm -hmm. but I think it's healthy because I think businesses that learn from that can, that can evolve and can ultimately optimize their service to products provide a better service because there is no hack for it. You can't run and hide from it. And I think people that are embrace it wholeheartedly are, are going to win. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to walk through obviously a little bit later in a conversation, some, some tactical things and some takeaways you can use to really, really crush it. Cause quite honestly, a lot of businesses B2B in particular, aren't doing a very good job still about it. Yeah. And I've noticed that on, yeah, but you have to think too, like one of the products, it's a, a B2C product, but you know, those, those robot vacuums, you know, that go through the house and vacuum. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of people saying how their dog would make a mess and the vacuum would go over it and spread it through the whole house. And they had to get rid of their wow. carpet and they had to get wow. rid of the robot. And wow. so I heard this over and over, it got to be this running joke in social media. Like I would hear it. And now I noticed that I think it's iRobot came out with, with a robot that detects if there's something like that on the carpet and we'll avoid it. Now, there is a company that responded to what I saw all over social media about, you know, people just saying, don't get this product because it'll just mess up all your carpets if you have a dog or something. I think you have to listen to your customers or you're going to end up just, I mean, if you ignore it, 
Like when I go through a Yelp review, a bunch of Yelp reviews, and I see a lot of complaints and I don't see anywhere where that business owner is addressing any of them, it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I really wonder if they just don't care or if they, I assume that what people are saying is true then because they're not saying anything. And that is, and unfortunately, a lot of business owners have not come to the realization that the actual, in terms of the buyer's journey, the consumer has the, all the power now because of the internet. Right. That hasn't always been the, in the case pre, pre-internet. The business has had a lot and, and they could go with a used car mentality and not necessarily worry about traditional, you know, word, word of mouth is important, but it was not amplified like it is now. I think the reality is beginning to set in and they got to take it seriously. There's no hack. There's no getting around it. Yes, there, there's been conversations on some of the businesses that, that have been able to game the system on, on, on those Amazon reviews and whatnot. So that's why there are some 2.0 strategies that we've been kind of gravitating that kind of alleviates and adds that other additional layer of trust that you just simply can't hack. I mean, there's just a pulling a testimonial out, putting uh, somebody's name to it. There's, you know, there's, there's ways that you could easily kind of cherry pick those things. And then you've got the flip side of, of Yelp that is really difficult to work with because we've been in situations where our client has received some reviews they should not have. Somebody that hasn't really been a customer. It's been a, a gripe or complaint has nothing to do with their product or service. We found out it, it was even a disgruntled employee at one point. And I've heard that. They haven't made, made it very easy to listen to those stories. You got to go through hoops. And then we're thinking that it's a pay, kind of a pay to play platform. So if you're not spending money on their ad platform, well, the case may be, well, then now we're thinking, is this tainted on the other side where they incentivize you to, to use more money to manage your reviews? So it, it has gotten a little murky. I, I think there's a necessity. I, I certainly think there's ways of improvement on both sides, on places that we go to read and really digest and, and trust reviews. And then those on the businesses side that could do a much better job of, of managing and, and, and then proactively using to elevate their business on all levels. Okay. Well, can you t- talk a little bit about those strategies that you mentioned? Some of the basics right now, obviously, would be, we all know how much influence Google has on us all. And, you know, Google My Business is, is certainly a player in the space, not being an, a search expert or anybody that's an SEO, I, I know enough to be dangerous, been told that uh, positive sentiment on Google certainly is a, a, a search signal. And so having a, a presence on Google My Business could be the probably the easiest, especially if, for B2B. You know, Yelp's more of a B2C, I, we're, we're finding. And then there's specialty sites, TripAdvisor, obviously, uh, very specific to the travel uh, industry. So having a Google My Business, would, if you don't already have one, most do, would be certainly uh, kind of step one. I'm not now, even familiar with that. I haven't heard of that. So is it like a directory sort of thing or you put your own business in it? I don't know. How does it work? You have to open uh, a Google account using a Google email address. And it's kind of attached to YouTube and all the other suite of, of products that uh, Google has as services. Okay. But there are limitations. You know, I, I'm sure you've done a search on, say, even if you go to, to Lure Agency, you'll you'll see Lure Agency, it'll, it'll rank on the main feed, but then you'll see a listing on the right-hand side mm-hmm. where there's a little bit of profile of the business, but under that, you'll see reviews. You know, naturally, you can use that as a, a great place to send businesses to, to capture more re- reviews on that if that's kind of your first step. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some limitations. You got to have a Google account okay. and you, you need to have a Google email address to leave a review. You know, thankfully, Gmail accounts are, are very popular. In fact, many people that even have one for a personal account. So th- there's that accessibility. It probably could be a little bit more user-friendly and the fact that uh, it does limit those. There are some nice tools in there that you can use as a link in some of your out- proactive outreach to, uh, to, to some of your existing customers. In fact, that's one of the is existing strategies is that if you do, in fact, have a Google account, timing is critical. So being proactive and being able to reach out to businesses that naturally have a positive experience with your business, timing's mm-hmm. everything. If they haven't, it's nice to hear criticism or feedback, be able to address that before you point them to a place or let them go to a review site and let them express their uh, displeasure um, on one of those sites because it's so much more difficult to manage those, go to the platforms and play defense um, when you could be playing offense. You can't remove those, can you? The- yeah, you can, you, you can under certain circumstances, but I, I, I mean, Google's not, I, uh, Google's probably a little bit more uh, friendly, but there, there has to be, it's under cer- circumstances that they'll remove that. Okay. Yelp is just really difficult. You got to apply and uh, they have uh, a judge and jury that weighs in basically, and they'll let it set. And that's, that's why I think many of us are very skeptical on Yelp because those that are spending a lot of ad money or buy their services mm-hmm. seem to have more control over that, yeah. which I, I really don't like. In an interesting dynamic, Yelp themselves don't even have their own Yelp page. So okay. if, they had a, if they had their own page to uh, for us to go there and uh, report their grievances, I don't think they would uh, particularly like what, uh, what they had to say. So I'll leave it at that. Some yeah, additional yeah. strategies is being consistent. I mean, like I said, being able to have a proactive strategy that you know you can use automation in a highly personalized manner to reach out to your existing customers, especially ones that are, are newer, that have had a great experience. Obviously, in those moments of excitement, or you can tell that they're just happy, you know, you they're they're more than happy to leave a review, especially if you make it very easy for them to do so. And then naturally, at that same moment, if they're not if they're not happy, you want to listen to the, to, to, to the ugly and right. be able to, to address that. Uh, maybe there's an operations problem, maybe product or service is just not delivering on those. And it gives you an opportunity to use those and uh, improve your product and service. And then to, without being too salesy or uh, over the top, you want to tastefully promote those, uh, that good sediment. Mm-hmm. So being able to merchandise that on some content strategies Mm-hmm. Perhaps some blogs, uh, FAQ, or some uh, a dedicated page on your website. They're going to go check out re- your reviews, and if you, especially if you have them. In fact, uh, we've dedicated a, a complete part on our site that has testimonials and and video review testimonials. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's a 2.0 strategy. Yeah. It's a little bit more difficult to get somebody to to uh, commit to putting themselves on video because not everybody like myself aren't necessarily comfortable on on uh, shooting themselves on video. Uh, so again, it's I think it's appropriate to find those key customers or clients that you have that you have a really good relationship with that are over the moon. And it's best to start with almost like a small case study where you, you have them share their, their, what, what it was, have them shoot maybe a minute video of where they were right. before working with you and where they are now. 
after working with you, what I like about video is a, you can manufacture it, but it's so much more difficult to see the expressions on people's face. You hear their tone, you see their demeanor. It's much more believable. And when you have somebody that's spending and committing the time and effort to do that for you. Now, what's great about that is you capture that on video. Mm -hmm. You naturally would want to be able to position that on your website prominently. But the additional bonus is that you want to add that to your YouTube channel as a separate testimonial page that's optimized for keywords. You populate that with five, 10, 15 videos. Mm -hmm. You're going to get direct referrals from those videos. And that is just kind of a one-two punch because you can, you can take that video, transcribe it. And then you can, you can add some of that as in your descriptive, uh, your descriptive area of the YouTube, put keywords in there and you're going to, you're going to get search rank from it. Yeah. That's a good idea. I wanted to ask you about people. This this came up in a LinkedIn. I forget even who posted it this morning. LinkedIn post about using last names in testimonials. And the reason I bring this up is that years ago, I had a friend who worked with a very well-known life coach and her testimonial was on this life coach's website, her full mm. name. And she said, every time that happened though, she got slammed with people emailing her and trying to call her and wanting to talk to her about her experience. And she said, I just didn't have time for it. And so she had them just put an initial for her last name. Now, the problem is that really takes away a lot of credibility, though, doesn't it? I mean, this is just written, so it wasn't a video. That, that is a really good point. And I guess it, you have to kind of weigh that is if you're working with small business and it, that has not come up for us yet, we're kind of working in you know niche, uh, niche industries. We're rolling this out in a particular niche that this is brand new for them. And it is in hospitality and it is on the B2B side. So it, it's brand new. So I have, we haven't had that come up yet. If it does, I could see that, you know, obviously that would be annoying to the person that's let the review, perhaps taking that and leaving it to initial might subdue some of that, that outreach. But um, I don't think most people would do that though. I mean, I've never looked up anybody who left a testimony. I think it was, in particular in this industry, because it was a life coach. There was a lot of people that were signing up for this particular program. And so there was a lot of activity around it. And that's probably why I think most people, you go on a website, you see a testimonial, you're not going to go, oh, I'm going to look up this person, make sure they're not lying. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I think it's easy nowadays to, to fake that kind of thing. And people don't really trust, you know, testimonials as much. But so video, though, as you mentioned, would be easier to be more believable, but then you have people who just are reluctant to get on. One of the things you brought up that I find is really important is you want to capture people at that point of excitement, because Mm -hmm. even if someone loves working with you, if you wait too long and they've either gone onto other things, they're not using you anymore, or that whole honeymoon phase is over, (laughs) get them to write something. Absolutely. Because I've I've learned that the hard way. Because And the other thing too that I, I do because people just hate like writing stuff at the top of their heads. I will say, okay, um, if I wrote this and I, I try to steer, and it's not just me, this has rec- been recommended by some of my copywriting coaches. You write the testimonial for them about what you think they would say. And if you send that to them and say, can I get your approval or would you like to change this? They don't want people putting words in the mouth. So they're very likely, I almost always get a response. It's like, well, could you just tweak this, this, and this, and then sure, you can use it. And this way you save them the trouble of coming up with something. That's the best tip that I've 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have found it to jump on just exactly what we're doing right now and, and go split screen. It gives them a more conversational way because then you can edit out the question and, and right. then also just clip out the one particular. Now, I do have a tip for those that don't know. And this is for kind of a beginning strategy for B2B, those that are solopreneurs that are just getting started. I've done what's called kind of a review exchange. So for instance, Linda, you and I have, I think, known enough about each other. I'm familiar with your work. I would be more than happy to give you a, a video testimonial based on character. You know, people that have referred you to, I know you've done a great job, even though you and I have not necessarily worked together one-on-one, I could, I could quote unquote vouch for you. So in the same line, I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping (laughs) you would do the same for me. And that way it's kind of a, it's kind of a great give and take. Um, And I've done that before and it's worked out really well. I have too. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it definitely works well. But I like what you said, too, about taking the questions away. I've done testimonials for two people I can think of off the top of my head. They had their VAs ask the question, recorded me answering it, and then they would edit out the question. And so the video was very smooth. It was just me talking about how happy I was with the the service or product. So there you go. Yeah. It takes a little creativity, but, you know, that's. And consistency. Right. In fact, I, that was the kind of the post of the day. In fact, somebody was kind enough to show me a influencer that I follow, Shea Robot. Her video was about consistency and the importance of that. You, you, you just yeah. not make being it so simple that you can execute easily and having fresh reviews, having fresh testimonials, having fresh social proof. So important. And, and just the simplicity of all. And then, then, then making it enjoyable. Right. Yeah. And the consistency thing, the other thing I do on Yelp is I look at the dates. When did people leave this? Like I was looking at like hairstylists and they, they left reviews from 2019. I mean, yeah. hairstylists are, you know, first of all, it was before the pandemic. The person probably isn't even there anymore. Right. It's still relevant. And so I would always look at the most recent ones. And unfortunately, most of them had very few recent ones, whether it was a stylist or, you know, some of my the other things, uh, professions I was looking at, like dentists and stuff. So that's, that is important. Just keep that up and always ask your new clients, you know, Hey, can you say a few words? And yeah. So that's super important. So what, um, when you like, what are anticipated outcomes from these strategies? Like, what is it that you've seen? Well, my gosh, I'm looking at some of the stats right now and, you know, nearly 91, well, 90 ish, percent of consumers are going to read reviews before making a purchase decision. Wow. That's staggering. Mm-hmm. So to think of this as an afterthought is dangerous to, to your business. As we m- mentioned earlier, I've always knew it's important, but even now more important than, than ever, because coming from somebody that was from, even from tra- traditional advertising, I, we, you see a drop off in interrupting with ads, people are just not influenced by that. It, it's important for awareness, especially if you don't have a brand that's top of mind. I think traditional advertising is always going to have its place. But when it comes to somebody hitting a buy now button, filling out a form, picking up the phone to make a call, social proof is going to be part of the conversation. However, if you are getting a direct referral, and that's this other concept of dark social and you know, that, that, that communication channel of, I've reached out to you, Linda, hey, do you know 
a great photographer I can use. I, I, I'm looking for somebody. I'm confused. And you send me this person mm-hmm. and say, oh my God, you just use these guys. They're fantastic. You're going to love them. I might not even look, go look any further. That might be all I need to reach up and find that find and, 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 and get that phone. However, that's not scalable for a business. You can't, I, I have no control over that. I don't even know that's not measurable. I don't. And oftentimes, as we talked about attribution software, a lot of that's happening and none of it's being picked up. Chris Walker talks about it in Refine Labs. And it's, I, I think, out of a lot of businesses that, to their, their demise, it's a very important channel uh, that's, that's being misplaced. So an, an additional outcome is, as we talked about before, I think it, you could use it as really a way to improve your business. Oh yeah. You might think you are the industry leader, but until you, you really pull off that sheen of, Hey, you've got the freedom to, to, to say whatever you want and really listen to what people are saying about you behind your back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you may not know, you may not have any idea. And quite honestly, uh, the bottom line is for every business, B2C, B2B, you need to make happy customers and clients, period. There's no hack for that. Right. Social proof is really a great way to help do that because without that, your business is on life support. And it's interesting that you say that because it's, you know, I talk about hairstylists. Um, obviously, my hair is very important to me. But ah, <laughs> I went out to it. Why not always, so much? Uh, but, uh, yes. <laughs> and so I found this woman. It's this. She's very young, and I came out here. She had. She and the salon had great reviews, but all the reviews talked about what a great attitude she had. She's very cheerful, all of which was true. But I didn't like the color that she used on my hair. Mm. And I didn't like the fact that, I mean, there were just little things like the sink was super uncomfortable when she was washing my hair. She said, oh, just put your hand behind your neck. Never had to do that. So I'm getting my, and it's not, it was more money than where I had, what I've been paying in California. Uh Uh-oh. And so I just canceled the appointment. I found somebody else who I think I'm happy with, but I thought to myself, you know, do I leave a review? I didn't want, I just, I won't. I usually don't leave negative reviews. And so I, I really felt like kind of torn, you know, from market. I'm looking at it as a, as a marketer and also as a customer. Is there anything that they, she would change as a result? Probably not. Cause they'd have to get all new sinks She'd have to get a longer cord so she didn't have to turn my chair all the way. I mean, it's just this weird configuration. And then they'd have to use a whole new set of hair products because I didn't like the ones they use. So I, I look at it like that. It's like, well, if my input's not going to make a difference, I'm not going to bother. But she'll never know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to find out. Would, would she care to know? Yeah, I, I doubt the hair products is because they they commit to a line and the line that she's using uh, is not what I care for. Right. I mean, for her to change it for, for me, I'd be willing to buy the product and bring it to her, but there was too many other little things. And so I don't think, I just didn't think it would work. So she'll never know. And you just brought up a really good point. Here's another outcome. Calculating the actual revenue number of customer lifetime customer value. Once you find a great headdresser, and I know enough about this to be dangerous, you, it, you stick to these people religiously, right? right. It, and so not only did she lose you as a returning customer, 
you love it when people tell you how great your hair looks. Your hair looks great, by the way, Linda, I might add. <laughs> I, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I, I'm getting positive reinforcement here. You want to feel that you you're making somebody else's day great by referring your hairdresser along. Right. Not only did she li- uh, miss out on you over the course of three years as a returning hairdresser, but also your referrals, that's right. staggering. And I think a lot of businesses don't factor that in as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause it is, I mean, I am loyal and I go every few weeks and it's, it's a lot of money. And even the place I'm going now is even more expensive than this place. And I'm surprised Arizona expected to be less expensive than California. That is not the case. It, yeah. It's, it's just interesting though. Cause I, I went through this whole thought process about, uh-huh. do I say something? Is anything going to change? The answer was no. So no. And, and she may contact me and say, Hey, what happened? I only went to her twice. So it wasn't like I've been going for years and then decided, you know, I'm out. I just didn't. This is a great conversation because let me ask you, it, had she called you and said, Linda, get the feeling that you weren't happy when you were here. Was it me? What was it? And if you would have said, expressed transparently to her and she said, I, I understand you. I, I get it. We've heard that from other people. You know what? We're going to make some changes. Why don't you come back? You would give her another shot, wouldn't you? I'm going to show Yeah. I mean, if it was because the main problem was the color, you know, I have I have a lot of gray and if the color she was using was not covering it. So I am not going to waste money where I have to go to somebody else because that didn't work. And it would have to be very specific to what I was looking for or what I yeah, what I'm looking for. But I would right. definitely, if she, if she had called, I would have, because that's happened before. Yeah. You know, ah, right. Somebody reach out and say, why were you not happy? Um, years ago, this is kind of off track, but it's still a business thing. I, I had a bakery. I think I told you this. I'm a serial entrepreneur. So back in the right, 80s, right. I, bakery. Right. I messed up an order so bad one time. It was for a, a shower cake for a wedding shower. Oh, yeah, this right. Before computers, so it was a paper order that got lost and I lost the order. The woman came to pick it up. I didn't have the cake. And oh said, no. Oh my God. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, and I had, I mean, it was a bakery. So I had the ability to put something together. Uh-huh. I said, go to the event. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to, and I did this cake. I went to the event, got there in time, didn't charge her for it. And left. And she ended up coming back to me and she said, you know what? Because you made good on it. She goes, I will always come back to you. But she says, I'll always make sure you have the order, though. But I think when you when you do that and you show people that, you know, their business means a lot to you, you know, that you would do that, they'll you know, they'll come back. So, you know, it's funny you say that because even the simple concept of the consumer coming to the realization that you're listening to them. I get into the deep weeds about your strategies for how to respond to reviews and I getting back to you, not leaving a negative one, but I'm sure you've seen the, uh, <laughs> the habitual griper. Right. Right. And it's oftentimes it's people that they just take this, they take to review sites because they feel that not being heard. They just want to be listened to and they feel they've got no other way or they it's like a last resort. They come in hot and heavy when you reach out to them and simply say, you know what? You're right. We messed up. We listen. We understand. We're going to, we're going to do right. We're going to do right by you. We're going to make some changes. That oftentimes is enough to turn that habitual griper into an ambassador. I've seen it happen 
exactly. so many times, especially with hotels and it's somebody coming in and it's just absolutely off the charts irate. And yeah. then the next couple of, they turn into these people that are just, this is my place. It's that whole concept of Norman cheers. Everybody knows my name. When somebody has got the talent to, to do that on reviews and has the patience, cause oftentimes it takes just patience of steel to listen to somebody, even if you're, you know, that they're wrong mm-hmm. and respond accordingly. People look at that and go, Oh my gosh, this, they, they really care. This person that's leaving this review is just, they're unreasonable and they can see the, the exchange back and forth. There's really an art and science to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where, again, another takeaway where you can oftentimes look at what could be a really bleak review or a circumstance that, that looks like a, a, a dumpster fire and turn it into something that's just really electric. That, that's something very special for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter, like you said, it's an art and science. Well, I want to take up any more of your time. I, um, I love this conversation. We could obviously talk about, you know, social proof forever. Cause it's such yeah. a thing whenever it comes to like psychology of people and, you know, how to, how to work through things. It's just fascinating to me. Um, but I, where yeah, can I people wish I had more of that Wait, more psychology. Is it too late to go back to college now and learn some of that? <laughs> Cause it's so important. <laughs> yeah. But where can people find you? I am just literally loitering uh, on the the internet of uh, LinkedIn. I'm a neurotic. In fact, that's you and how you and I connected. I love that place where it's uh, authentic conversations. I meet so many wonderful people. So you can find me at uh, at Corey Falter, really at all my uh, social channels, and then you know naturally at Lure Agency, L-U-R-E Agency.com. Uh, if you want to check out more about us, I appreciate the combo. Been great. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun. Yeah, you as well. Appreciate it, Linda. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.